In the next episode, I want to show you how much protective equipment has been made for healthcare workers all over the world. Unsurprisingly, there has been a shortage of protective equipment due to COVID-19 creating a high demand for protective equipment. So how have individuals and private companies stepped up to help limit this issue while, in two of these stories, governments fell short? You might think that these governments were in developing countries. However, both were in developed countries. So if you're outside, pop on your mask as we learn more about how private companies like Salewa in Italy, Consumed in Tunisia, and Unipal in Gaza, and how individuals like those from the coronavirus makers in Spain are using their resources and connections to create and transport protective equipment. This next story is The Quest to Make Thousands of Masks, How a Factory is Fighting for Its Country. Would you believe me if I told you that one factory was responsible for making 50,000 masks on a daily basis? Believe it or not, it happened in Tunisia. 150 workers, 110 women and 40 men, decided on their own to self-isolate in the consummate factory located in a rural area south of the capital Tunis for a month to make surgical masks and other medical equipment like caps and sterile suits on a daily basis instead of the usual equipment and garment production. They were the only ones producing masks for Tunisian hospitals and worked eight hours a day, though many decided to work overtime. Although it might seem bleak, with workers pulling up to the consummate factory in buses with their suitcases voluntarily deciding to be away from their families in order to live in the factory and produce equipment, the workers have found ways to keep themselves entertained. Employee Kaula Rebi talked about all sorts of different activities when being interviewed by a BBC reporter. Quote, We have a designated area for all kinds of exercise and dancing for the women, and the men have a football and basketball area. We all have internet and video chat with our families when we are not working. Hamza Aluni, founder and director of Consumed, also added that there are plenty of provisions for himself and the team. Quote, we prepared some space to eat and we have a doctor. We have a pharmacist. We have stocks of medical equipment. We prepared the food. It's a good place to stay for me and for them. When asked why him and his workers were willing to sacrifice so much of their time, Hamza talked about patriotism. Quote, if we don't work, our doctors will not be protected against the virus. I'm trying to do my best for all my country, for the hospitals, for the army, for the police, for everybody. It is a real possibility that there would be more COVID-19 cases if it wasn't for the hard work and selflessness of the consummate team. Although Hamza admitted that they could only self-isolate in the factory for a month due to potential low morale from the long period of isolation and the operational costs due to long-established prices of masks to the public, they achieved the near impossible, making around 1.5 million masks for Tunisia. This next story is the transition from hiking equipment to protective equipment. How a clothing factory in Italy created and transported protective equipment. Consumed isn't the only factory that made protective equipment. Let's travel to the Salewa factory in Italy. Salewa is an Italian outdoor apparel company that sells backpacks, jackets, trousers, shirts, and footwear meant for hiking. When COVID-19 became a serious problem in Italy, Salewa decided to make washable protective masks and protective coats using products like Gore-Tex and Power-Tex, technical fabrics normally used to make mountaineering jackets. 
They made it a goal to complete a weekly production of 50,000 cotton polyester masks and 800 protective gowns. They were also able to get 20 million medical masks, which were ordered by the Autonomous Province of Bolzano and the State Civil Defense, and 600,000 medical gowns using its business partner connections with Tutuo, a large outdoor retailer and wholesale from Xiamen, China. When asked in an interview with Pill Magazine why Salewa decided to do this, Heiner Oberok, chairman of the Salewa Oberop Group, responded, quote, "We are used to assuming our responsibilities, not only for our employees and consumers, but also for the society in which we live and work. Throughout Italy, as in the territory of our headquarters in Bolzano, there is an emergency in the emergency." Represented by a severe shortage of medical protective equipment for staff who treat patients suffering from COVID-19, in order to respond very quickly to the need of the South Tyrolean Health Service, we have started sewing water-repellent protective masks and gowns at our branch in Montebelluna, reusing waste materials from our production. Just like in Spain, there was a shortage of protective equipment in Italy when COVID-19 first started hitting the world hard. Paola Padrina. A general practitioner in Bergamo and the head of the regional association representing general practitioners thought that protective equipment arrived in her province late, when the number of infections was already very high. Similarly, Italy's Federation of Orders of Surgeons and Dentists released the names of around 50 dead doctors who died from COVID-19, and an attack on the lack of protective equipment available for healthcare professionals to use. Although it's good that private companies are stepping up to help those in need, would all of this have been necessary if Italian government officials had been prudent enough to get protective equipment in advance? This next story is making equipment for the supposed enemy. Why Palestinians at a factory in Gaza are making protective equipment for Israelis? If you study politics, you probably know that relations between Israel and Palestine are not great at the moment. In fact, they're pretty contentious. However, that doesn't mean that all Palestinians hate Israelis. In fact, some are creating products to help Israelis. Unipal 2000 is a garment factory located in Gaza. Unipal 2000 opened in 1998, the same year the Y River Memorandum, a political agreement signed by Israel, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and PLO Chairman Yazir Arafat, was signed. But when Hamas took over Gaza in a coup, Unipal 2000 was forced to shut down. After the 2014 Gaza war, Israel eased some restrictions, and Unipal 2000 reopened in 2016. But most of its clients found suppliers in other places, so it was only occasionally open. For example, Tamar Emad, a textile worker at the factory, only worked one week per month. However, with increased demand for materials like gowns and masks. He has worked a lot more. He currently works at the factory every day, along with 839 other workers. Although the increase in working hours has helped workers earn more, they still make pitiful wages. They only earn around eight dollars per day, which exasperates poverty in the region. According to the new family organization, the average wage in Gaza is about eight dollars and eighty-five cents per day, while the average wage in Israel is about eighty-nine dollars per day. As a result, this qualifies 63.1% of Gaza residents to live below the United Nations poverty line. Likewise, Unipal 2000 has had to deal with frequent power outages, which are common in Gaza due to tensions between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, 
to the largest political parties in the region. Even with the strong political tensions between Israel and Palestine, Bashir al-Bawab, owner of the factor Unipal 2000, refuses to stop creating masks for Israel. In an article from AP News, al-Bawab explained why he was making the mask. Quote, despite the siege in Gaza, we export these masks and protected clothes to the world without exception. We feel we are doing a humanitarian duty. In the time of COVID-19, Al-Bawab noted his factory has supplied private healthcare facilities and pharmacies in Gaza, but the majority of its orders have come from Israel and the occupied West Bank. However, this does not matter to him. Quote, I am not caring about the identity of the stores. The pandemic does not differentiate between Muslims, Jews, Christians, or any other religion in the world. Al-Bawab's selflessness is admirable when some world leaders are restricting aid from certain groups of people. For instance, even though the U.S. Congress allocated $75 million in humanitarian aid for Palestinians in 2020, that aid hasn't been delivered. When John Alterman, director of the Middle East program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, spoke to Trump administration officials regarding why this was the case, they stated that they think Palestinians are responsible for their own conditions due to their own leadership. Likewise, Germany and France were called out by other EU members for blocking the export of medical supplies, emphasizing that solidarity should be placed over national interest. Individuals, companies, and world leaders need to step up and help out others from other countries since COVID-19 has become the global enemy that will not stop destroying lives despite the religious, socioeconomic, nationalistic, or ethnic backgrounds. How can we try to emulate Al-Bawab's views into our own lives? This next story is taking the initiative to create. How Spaniards came together to create protective equipment. Imagine making face masks, respirators, gloves, and hospital gowns from your home. The words popping through your head might be impossible and unfeasible, right? Not in Spain. Quote, all our community members have something in common, said David Cuartillas, co-curator and collaborator with the coronavirus makers in an interview with Forbes. Quote, they are channeling their energy into making something positive. It all started with the concept of creating a ventilator. On March 11, 2020, Colin Keogh called on people to create an open-source ventilator. As a result, a group called the Coronavirus Makers was created on the messaging app Telegram in order to bring together Spanish makers. Jorge Barrero, director of the Cotec Foundation for Innovation, asked people from the network to see if it was possible to create a low-cost 3D-printed ventilator. After realizing that was doable, the Ayuda Innovadora a la Respiración, or the Innovative Help for the Breathing Initiative, was founded, a WhatsApp group to get in touch with anyone who could help with the ventilator initiative. The Coronavirus Makers membership dramatically increased as more people realized that they wanted to help build something useful. The weekend before the lockdown, it had 1,000 members in 48 hours. Two weeks after the lockdown, it had 16,500 members. Many enthusiasts and doctors were excited to join the Telegram channel. However, they felt it was too busy and confusing for people who were new to the concept. When I asked David why so many people joined, he talked about history. I know for a fact that in Spain there is a lot of uh, um, a history of social movements and technological, uh, technological um, acceptance in society. 
And he also discussed current times. Because people were, companies were prepared to work on these things. And employees uh, were totally prepared, but the companies as entities, they were not prepared. So they didn't know how to assign tasks to people. So the first week, people started to basically go crazy and start working in the projects. And the, this maker network that already existed joined together in these Telegram channels. And as you said, there was all sorts of people. Those people were desperate. They wanted to do something. So I think that the idea of feeling that you were collaborating with doing something good was to help society survive the lockdown. All these people using the channel inspired David, who's also a co-founder of Arduino, an open source software and hardware company, to create a specific forum called Photo AIRE based off the Innovative Help for Breathing initiative. Photo AIRE had a much slower pace and attracted 4,000 members within the first month, allowing people to share news and design ideas for the ventilators. Through the Telegram channel, the group raised Sistencia team, led by computer engineer Marquez Castillo, 3D specialist Bartolome Lopez Medina, mechanical engineer Juan Maria Pinera Parilla, an electronic engineer Carlos Morena Luque Suarez, was born. The team announced that they would develop an open-source ventilator based on a jackson Rees type valve, which is commonly used during pediatric anesthesia due to minimal dead space and low resistance, using a 3D printer, which uses computer-generated designs in order to create three-dimensional objects through a layering method. Even though David said that doctors would call him confirming if it would be all right if the ventilators they created had lower parameters, especially for patients who had milder symptoms of COVID-19, not all governments approved of the 3D printed equipment. In the capital city of Madrid, officials initially allowed the use of 3D printed face shields on March 24, 2020, but then turned back its decision just four days later. A spokesman for the Ministry of Health did not give a reason for the reversal of this decision, according to El País. But in a personal interview, David had a theory for why that happened. And then in Madrid, because Madrid is a total disaster, and somebody said, like, oh, this looks like a great idea, let's approve it. They approved it with the official letter, letterhead paper and everything. And like two days later, they disapproved it. The exact same document looked like, why? Political reasons. Only political reasons. However, other governments were more accepting, such as officials in the town of Navarra, which not only allowed people to produce 3D equipment, but even offered to help with supply and distribution. If we all had the resources and time to safely make competent equipment, then there probably wouldn't have been as much of a shortage of pers personal protective equipment as there was. Just like in other countries, shortage of personal protective equipment was a top concern in Spain. In March 2020, Budget Minister Maria Jesus Montero said, quote, We are in a real war to get hold of ventilators, face masks, and quick test kits. All the countries are fighting to secure domestic production, fighting to get supplies from China. Likewise, there were reports of nurses and doctors making their own equipment from bin liners. In fact, it was so bad that it was stated that 31,000 healthcare professionals got COVID-19, and 34 doctors died from COVID-19 as well due to the lack of personal protective equipment. Thanks to the help of passionate makers, Spain was able to gather more protective equipment to help doctors do their jobs safely without fear of contracting COVID-19. 
What if everyone had the ability to make personal protective equipment from home instead of relying on places like China? How would that change the world?